Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Tara and Ryan. My name is Ryan. And I am Tara. And we today we have Ron Rowell of Rowell Resources um, out of Glen Cove, New York. And we'll go through what uh, Ron does, but we want to thank everybody for being here. But most importantly, I want to thank Tara and Ron for being here. How's everything going? <laughs> Things are going good. I feel like we have a, a true professional on the show today and <laughs> uh, got the gang a little bit back together since we've done uh, Ron's podcast in the past. So it's nice to have the gang back together. Yeah, it's nice to be here. And just FYI, uh, earlier this week, I had Scott Fulton on my show and that was a great show. Uh, and people can it, it you know, it, it was a live show, but we it then, of course, it becomes a podcast like everything else these days. So people can listen to Scott still hear his, uh, his hour show with me. I was going to say your your voice sounds like a, a like a professional radio voice. And that's not that corny joke like you have a face for radio thing. It's more of like your voice actually <laughs> sounds like it is a radio voice. Uh, I think it's so always that what you do. Is that is is that no. No, no, oh, right. no. I'm I was the you know the written type for many years, uh, but uh, you know, kind of discovered this uh, by you know, like a lot of things in life by accident. Um, uh, you know, in, in some cases, just you know, sad occasions, just where I would, you know, you know, deliver you know eulogies, and people would go like, "Wow, you have a great radio voice." I'm like, "Okay, well, <laughs> hope I put it to some other use besides this." But yeah, people have said that, and I'm like, "Okay." Um, and I was, um, again, I, I was just quickly, I, you know, I, I started my 45 forward radio show just uh, by, by someone not hearing me, but somebody from the Voice America uh, radio network, um, just seeing my credentials and saying, this guy looks like an interesting host. So that's how that started, you know, about a year ago. That's great. And we were guests on your show a few months ago talking about the National Aging in Place Council. And it's very professional. You have a producer in the background with the countdowns, nothing like what Ryan and I have over here. So <laughs> it was nice to see how the real professionals do it well, over there in New York. <laughs> good. Well, actually, they're, they're in Phoenix, Tara. So oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. yeah so they everything these days is remote, you know. We're, we're bi-coastal, right? <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a little bit about um, your chapter there in New York? You're part of the Long Island chapter, which is the largest chapter we have at NAIPC. And when you, we spoke last time, you were calling it NAPEC. And right. I kind of, that stuck in my head. It threw me <laughs> off a little because I don't think anyone else that, but I kind of like that. So can you tell me how you got involved with the chapter up there and a little bit about the work that you all are doing? Sure, sure. Uh, well, so so what I do by myself is that I, I specialize in providing information um, for you know people as we age, you know, successful aging, and that a lot of that uh, involves um, you know working with uh, uh, people aging in place. Uh, so I, I began working, and I'm still working on um, a guide called the Caregiving Navigator. Uh, which is a guide for family caregivers, you know, um, at every stage of caring for them, they're either their partners or, or their adult loved ones. And I started 
you know, I, I was saying, well, this is a national problem or national issue of concern, but let me start working locally. You know, you know, like real estate, you know, caregiving is local. So I started putting together this guide and then I, I sort of said, well, the, the intent of the guide is to give people, you know, basically, um, uh, an organizing tool with resources. And I'm looking around, I'm saying, hey, here's a resource, NAIPC. And then I discovered like, oh, wait a minute, there are local chapters. So um, I, I started exploring it. And, uh, you know, I, I, frankly, what I looked at, and I said, when when looked at that, that there were credentials and that you had to meet certain standards to join, I was like, this is a good thing, you know? So you, you can basically... You know, there, there's a bar to be part of this organization. You have to be serious. You've got to be committed. You know, there is, uh, you know, there are local dues and there's national dues. I said, this is the kind of group that I want to be a member of um, to network with. Um, and, and there are a couple, there's several groups I network with, but but NAIPC is is really distinctive in that, you know, it it is, a you know, a cut above, as they say, um, in that um, the people are very serious, they're very committed, and they're committed to networking, but what I like about our group in particular, and I've sat in on a few, you know, you have great, Tara, you, you put together great programs. So I, I listen as often as I can across the country and, and try to work with other groups and learn what they're doing. Uh, but recently, um, the group has made a decision to really push out in terms of outreach, meaning that it's not just about networking with each other and referring each other and so forth. and. It's really trying to drive our message down to the consumer level to get it out, you know, into the community because, um, you know, that's that's where the you know the rubber meets the road, so to speak, right? Where you, so we can we know lots of professionals who can help you age in place successfully, but how do, how does the public reach people like us? And so that's been part of my personal mission even before joining NAFPC, just to you know to drive my and to drive resources to the the end user, uh, but to have NAIPC also, you know, folks, it's like, this is great. This is what we need to do because that's what people need. Uh, the, so I, I I try to give them information and advice and checklists as to what to do at different parts of of the aging process. But then who's there to help them? And NAIPC is is there. So we're starting, you know. At the last meeting, you know, there was a presentation where um, our outreach coordinator, um, Kim Kester, who is with uh, 101 Mobility on Long Island. I know you have uh, one in California as well, but um, uh, is, is coordinating that, uh, that, strat- that strategy. So, so that's what I do. I, we, we, uh, you know, I, I participate as often as I can. There are, monthly, there are two monthly meetings, and I try to make at least one of them. Uh, and now it's, it's, it's opening up so that we have, now we try to have one virtual meeting and one in, in-person meeting, generally still outside to the extent that it's not freezing out now, but, but uh, it was a little brisk, but it was good. It kept you awake. <laughs> well, being in Boston, I, don't, I, don't, I think we're, we'll be getting the cold weather before you do, but certainly it is providing challenges with uh, the, the cold weather coming in and trying to meet in person. Um, and so, I mean, obviously we probably need to cut that Tara and turn that into a commercial and put it on the, the front of the NAIPC because that was a <laughs> ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. What do you think? 
Yeah, I like it. That was perfect. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> that was a great description of what we do here. I'm curious, based on your background and the number of people that you've had, how long have you been doing your 45 Forward show? I've just been doing it uh, since January, but I feel like I've been doing it for five years <laughs> in preparation. You know, it just sort of things started to click and like, wait a minute, this is this is another way, another great platform to develop this message. Um, so I've just been doing it um, since January. Uh, and so I've done about 40 shows um, and I'm going to keep doing them. You know, I mean, I have a, at least another year to go and we go on a year to year basis, but so far people are, are very happy with it. Um, and I'm just learning as, as you guys are into how to promote it, how to get the message out, how to do, how to use social media in a productive way without driving people crazy, but, in, but, you know, letting people know about it, you know? Yeah. I love the tagline of your show, making your second half, your better half. It's on a coffee mug. He sent me a coffee mug for being on the show and I use it all the time. I should be drinking out of it this morning so I could show everybody, but um, I'll show yeah. You right oh, you have one right there. Perfect. <laughs> Although if you're listening, you can't see it. So <laughs> uh, yeah, 45 forward, make your second half, the better half. I like it. <laughs> so can you tell us maybe since you've been doing it since January, what are some of the kind of emerging trends and issues that you're seeing uh, with people dealing with the senior industry right now? I'm guessing isolation is probably pretty high on the list, but what is it that you've been hearing your guests speak about? Uh, well, isolation, you're right. Absolutely right, Tara. That is a big one. Um, and um, I think um, overall, I mean, Scott was obviously talking about this um, broadly too, but I think there is a, a general, still a feeling of lack of preparedness, you know, I mean, um, and so I have a couple of different premises that I, that I think about. Um, so the first one is, you know, as you, as you, you know, sort of hit the 50 yard line, so to speak, and that's why I call it 45 forward. I want people to think about a little ahead of time before you reach, you know, midlife. Um, now, where are you going? You know, and I think about my, you know, phrases, you know, uh, you're retiring to not just retiring from. So thinking about going forward in life, you know, as my, tech, you know, 45 forward thinking, thinking ahead. And with that in mind, you know, the other thing as well, um, plan, but don't predict, you know, so people are really, there's so much, you know, anxiety these days about where we're going, you know, individually. And as a country, it's sort of like, well, you need to keep planning and, and getting out ahead of the curve. Um, so a lot of people, you know, my guests talk about that from their different areas of, um, of, of, of planning, uh, but also with, uh, with uh, flexibility. So one of the things about my shows is that I, I like to, uh, the, the content that each of these guests delivers is, is often very interesting, very useful, um, and very pragmatic, but their lives are also very interesting. You know, they, that, they, that they've had, you know, a continuing journey, you know, an evolving one, sometimes by intention, sometimes by accident, but basically acting on those accidents and figuring out, well, what do I really want to do next? So I think that, you know, that the one of the themes just has been this issue of resilience and recognizing the life changes and that you should keep changing with it. And that really that the the, the constant state is changing. I and mean, a lot of people talk about, well, change is constant, but actually putting that into practice and realizing that you just it's OK to change in life. It's part of life. 
You know, if you think that um, life is static and then every time something happens, it's like, oh, I got to change. It's like, well, then <laughs> that adds to stress. But if you have sort of this expectation, like, yeah, that's what life is about. It's about constantly adapting and readjusting to change. And that's okay. That's okay. So, um, you know, it's, so it's like, so I, I like to think about, you know, when you get into the second half of life and you know, having a plan, it's like, well, I'd like to think about the plan as a verb, not a noun, because it's just, you need to plan and recognize that plans constantly need readjustment. So don't get stuck on a plan. Um, think about just the planning process to, to keep doing that. Um, and, and from my perspective, um, part of that is, um, you know, it is, you know, I, my philosophy and NAIPCs is, is very congruent. I mean, in terms of, you know, it's a holistic way of planning. You know, most people go into this part of life saying, okay, now I'm no longer, you know, working for 25 years for this company or this organization or series of organizations. Um, so the major adjustment for many people is, you know, work, not work or not work that way, what do I do now? But it really involves uh, a number of other components that make this transition successful, you know, in conjunction with each other. And, and you, you folks and I have similar ones, you know, I mean, one is housing, you know, one is health, one is finances, um, community, social engagement. So in order to really age successfully, you need to have this bundle of areas of your life that are in balance with one another. You know, and, and, you know, of course, one of the areas is, is exercise and health. And so when I look at that, it, it's like it's no different from when you do exercise and, and your body. You know, you don't just, you know, exercise your arms or, or your, you know, your legs or something. You, you, how does your whole body, you know, stay in balance? And how do you, you know, satisfy all the needs, health needs of your whole body? And, and that to me is about aging, too. These, if, if, if you're just focusing on whether you're working or not working, well, what are the other issues, you know? Um, and um, the, the other, one of the other issues you mentioned, but, which is related to, um, you know, what you mentioned, Tara, about, you know, loneliness and social isolation is this greater notion of community and understanding how you age in place, which involves, of course, having your home, whatever home that is fit your physical and emotional and mental needs, but are you in a community that supports you? So that's, that's a big part of what that's come across in the interviews as well. Yeah. It's interesting. You brought up the community aspect. We've had a few people speak on the national platform. That's really been promoting before you consider moving your mom across country or taking her out of the home and putting her in, a living facility where she's losing her community that she's had for years or has to change churches or things like that. Those little changes can really just set off a whole course of action that, that throws someone into social isolation just by accident, thinking you're helping um, actually kind of makes it worse. So this right. is why um, I love all of the resources we have at the aging in place council. Cause it just helps people be a little more independent and live a little bit longer. One of my favorite guests was Judy Cornish talking about the gifts <laughs> of dementia. And right. she was one of, she's the one that got me started thinking that way that it doesn't have to be so black and white. There are, alternate ways of aging and planning to age and just the pandemic in general, you know, everyone's aging in place. So it's really helped people think 
okay, do I really want to put my mom in this little room for the last 10 years of her life or whatever it is? Right. So, right. And then another, I think one of your guests also wasn't Carol Marrick. Was, was she? Yes. I love right. her. Socialized, right. both social age. So solo aging. <laughs> right. So I, I yeah. borrowed from her and I had her on my show as well. I said, Oh, this is, this is worth a, you know, a repeat performance and, and she's great. And I, and I think again, these are sort of, interesting tapes that you don't really think about, you know, and one of her, I think one of her statistics was, you know, maybe between 30 and 35% of, of people end up aging alone. And, and so what does that mean in terms of not, not just social isolation, because some of that's intentional, um, but how do you do that successfully? How do you do that well, you know, and recognize that um, we are diverse you know, society and we, we age in different ways and how do we adapt to that? And, 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 you know, and basically make an environment that, that works for all of us, but being aware of that. And I think that, again, the pandemic sort of showed that up really is realizing when we, we didn't realize that how many people were alone, how many seniors were alone. We're like, Oh my God, how do we reach these people? Um, so I think, yeah, I, 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 again, I think, our guests are totally congruent, <laughs> you know, supportive. I really think that, so that, that is why I, I do, you know, you know, the organization in general and you guys in particular have a very um, uh, distinctive and, you know, I think um, terrific view of how to do this well. Yeah, that's great. And so as you're putting together your um, caregiver navigator resource and Ryan, you can chime in because he has a podcast called the caregiver toolbox, right? Toolbox oh, wow. Toolkit. Okay. Um, what are you finding that people are most unprepared for? What do they not want to think about in the aging process? Well, I think um, I think they don't want to think about um, their often. Uh, I think my audience is, is, is about 60 percent adult children and about 40 percent um, spouses and partners. Um, so I think on both sides, I think um, um you don't want to think what they're most people are most fearful of is cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I actually, uh, I'm, I'm a volunteer community educator for the Alzheimer's association. Um, so some of the, the workshops I do are, are really about one of them is particularly it's called um, healthy living for your brain and body, uh, which is, you know, what, what things you can do to um, potentially, and I think realistically um, reduce the risk factors of dementia. Um, but so I think that people are, um, they're, they're, they're reluctant to think about that, um, but there are many things that can be done to, to make a better life, you know, as you age, even with, you know, physical or cognitive um, um, problems, um, deficiencies. Um, I think that people, uh, also are, are, um, well, they, they put it off so often, as you guys know, that, uh, they're not proactive. So they, they get pushed into situations by crises, right? So they don't want to think about their, their, um, their parents potentially needing some assistance. So, um, and the parents themselves, sometimes they, you know, they'll, they'll see their, their kids and they'll come over and how are you doing? Oh, fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's not fine. And you've got to spend some time to figure out what's fun. And even with some minor adjustments, um, as Ryan knows, you can make homes much more um, adaptable and comfortable and safe. Because the one thing you really want to, you know, avoid 
at all costs, cost if possible, is a fall that leads to some permanent condition and, and basically makes it impossible for your parent to age in their home. Um, so I, I think people, uh, what's, pe- what people have a hard time, I think, is starting the conversations. So, um, uh, you know, I have at the beginning of the guide, you know, when you're preparing, planning, the financial, health, insurance, all of those kinds of preparatory things, estate planning. So there's a family conversation um, that you need to have with, you know, as many members as you can of the family. Um, and then there's, you know, then, and then when you say, well, all right, mom and dad can age in place, then you have another you know, conversation about well, what do you need to do that? Well, you know, how are you doing here? You know, one point do we need to say, well, you know what, in order to do this safe, there really, there are just too many stairs. There are too many adaptations. Okay. Maybe we need to time to move. And then there's, okay, you know, they need some assistance in the home. If they want to stay in the home. And there's another family conversation. So I think that, you know, these things take time, but I think that, uh, and people are afraid of, of conflicts, especially, you know, when you get children involved, different children have different opinions about how to best take care of their parents. So, um, you know, I have a little section in my navigator called the sibling syndrome. <laughs> how do you deal with your siblings, you know, when they're disagreements? Um, so, um, and then, so at each stage, you really need to, you need to revisit the family conversation. Where are we now? Are things changed? You know, are, have people's feelings changed, you know, um, to the, in terms of your parents or your other loved ones? Um, do, do they want to do one thing, but things have changed and they want to do something else. Um, so you need to revisit it, you know, just like, you know, people talk about looking at your portfolio once or twice a year and look at your overall portfolio of your family, you know, needs and are things the same? Are they changed? Um, you know, beyond just, uh, you know, okay, who's the beneficiary of my will or, or you know, who's, you know, uh, involved in, you know, distribution of assets and stuff like that. So they're, they're financial things, but they're also many emotional and social things to think about. So getting, so Tara, you know, just dealing with these family conversations, you know, is, is something that people really need to think about. They're reluctant to have, they take time, but um, I would argue strongly that the time you invest in them will, will pay off uh, immensely down the road as opposed to just responding to things, you know, reacting to things in crisis. Yeah, very true. Just having people talk about it, right? Just being yeah. talking about aging. I think as Americans, a lot of time we're like, we have little blinders on. We're not aging. Sickness happens to other people. Accidents aren't going to happen to us. And we're just going to sail through life. And then, well, bam, <laughs> something <Right>. happens. <laughs> so um, it's just nice to have people talk about the conversation in a non like in a comfortable way. And that can be just sharing over the holidays with the holidays coming up, you yeah, know, your yeah. background or just learning about the history of somebody. It's just nice to you know where there's conversations will flow to. Right. Right. So that's great. Well, yeah. it, it reminds me of, of a George Carlin skit where, I mean, you can enter all the four letter words that he would add to this, but he was, he was railing on uh, how, uh, the the English language is just becoming more softer and softer that people can't even say that I'm, you know, 50 years old. They have to say I'm 50 years young because we're so scared of growing old and, and you know, something that's inevitable. But you you bring up a lot of really good 
topics. And one of the things that um, a podcast I've been listening to recently is uh, one by, um, uh, he's a doctor, Peter Atia of The Drive. And he's a, he's a doctor and he gets very deep into um, health, wellness, you know, cholesterol, the, the major reasons people die of stroke, COPD, dementia, and various other things. But one of the things they, they asked him and he did an AMA and he said, if there was one thing, anti-aging uh, thing that you do, what would it be? And he'd be like, I'd work out three days a week, non-negotiable, get into the gym, do exercise, weightlifting three days a week, because it is, it is shown time and time again from the hundreds and thousands of patients that the more muscle mass you have, the better it is cognitively, it's better for, I mean, it's just exercise in general, but plus on top of that, you're going to have less likely of falls, of physical issues. And of course, there's the cognitive side of exercising and being healthier. And I'm, I'm slowly going through some of his podcasts because he also believes that there's proof that you can prevent Alzheimer's and dementia or memory loss, that there are things that you can do that are not going to be completely foolproof, but like anything, you know, if you eat broccoli, that doesn't mean you're not going to get cancer, but it also reduces your chances of getting cancer. Like there's ways that you can stack the deck in your favor a little bit more than others. And that's some of the things that you're, you're talking about um, the difficulty that we have. And it's funny that all three of us are, have some type of podcast or some type of business that's trying to be around educating people and getting people to be proactive. And it's very difficult to do that, right? Like we're, yeah, COVID's a nation of showing that, you know, if you are unhealthy, if you have chronic diseases, if you are, are vastly overweight, you are going to be far more susceptible to something than people that are in, in shape are, regardless of your age and regardless of, of um, how old you are. Um, and, and the point being that I'm making is that, you're absolutely right that our business is a very crisis business and the prevention of that crisis is not something you do when you're 75. It's the habits that you instill when you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, when you're 20, 30, and 40 years away from um, when you're going to need home care or when you're looking at an assisted living or a nursing home. And by no means am I sitting on my soapbox preaching being the guy that could certainly lose 20 or 30 pounds, but it's certainly interesting to listen to a professional doctor and hear about like the, these, these, um, these issues that we talk about are things that build up over a long period of time and just can't be wiped away with one really good jogging session or, right. you know, like you, it, and that's, I think the, the problem that we have in the senior care industry is that that planning doesn't happen because that planning needs to happen in some cases decades in advance to be able to prevent some of the issues that families are going through. And then when they're in the middle of the crisis, like you said, that's where the family dynamics start. Nobody's talked about this before. And then it all goes to hell in a handbasket real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I absolutely uh, underline everything you say, Ryan. I think that certainly when I, when I give my presentations on the Alzheimer's association um, of the things that you can do to reduce the, the, the risk factors of Alzheimer's, again, as you say, not necessarily prevented. Um, the one thing that people do say is the most important, if you do nothing else, the most important is exercise. So that's absolutely the case. And the interesting thing is that it's certainly true that if you, you know, the younger you start, the better, but it's also true that it, you can start at any point. You know, that, that's their point is like, start now, 
yeah, okay, so you you didn't start you know ten years ago, but you can start now. A couple of the um, uh, people I've talked to recently, um, uh, one woman in, in um, now she's a social media expert, uh, but she uh, she started uh, uh, running in her late forties and and at the age of fifty three became a triathlete. Um, so there are ways to do it, and and you could start just because I didn't do it when I was younger doesn't mean I could I can I can't start in some capacity now. Um, and I think that the other thing that struck me, Brian, was when you were talking was that um, there are certain things that we need to recognize um, as certain biases in our society, which is that we, we you know, and, and this is not a political statement, it's just a reality, which is that um, our economy makes money not off of health, but of sickness often. So, you know, there aren't incentives for people to uh, be healthy monetarily. Well, there, there are later on. Okay. There, 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 in fact, they are longer term. There are many more benefits to being healthy as you get older, but the short term um, money-making isn't taking care, pe- taking care of people when they're sick, you know, and hospitalized. And so there's gotta be a way to um, incentivize, you know, health. Uh, and, and, and not that aren't, people aren't doing it. You know, I mean, a lot of companies, right. Give, incentives to their employees who are healthier than, than if they're not. Um, but there needs to be a broader sense of that just because we can't measure it quarter by quarter doesn't mean that keeping people healthier doesn't have extraordinary long-term benefits. Um, and that, you know, we can think that way and reward that way, you know, um, because otherwise we're going to be in trouble because that, that's, we don't have, you know, it just, expanding Medicare and Medicaid as society expands. I mean, there are going to be limits and we need to think about ways. And I'm not saying as you look at Medicare you know, plans now, yes, there are, there are changes in there and there are certain, uh, there's certain coverage for preventative care. So we're on, we're on the right track. We're getting there. Um, but it's, uh, we, we have a ways to go. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a long fight. It's a long haul. So I'm, I'm in there and, you know, um, you know, to, to borrow, you know, I don't mean to be grandiose about this, but to borrow from, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, uh, I may not get to the mountaintop. I may not see it, but I, I can see where it is. I may not get there myself, but that doesn't mean you don't fight for it. You know, you don't try to encourage people to get there. So that's why I feel about a lot of things with aging. Um, and, uh, you know, and I guess the, the last thing I want to mention about this is that, you know, th- there are inevitable issues of decline. I mean, you even as you, I mean, yes, if, you, if you're really extraordinary, you can do yoga at 90. Yes, you can. Um, uh, but there are many ways in which you need to adapt because you're not going to be as robust. And yet, um, it, the studies show also that these, you know, it's not just, you know, a euphemism of the golden years these years actually can be some of the happiest in your life. You know, you, you know, you've, you don't have as many responsibilities. You can really explore things. I think there are, there are, I don't have them on the top of my tongue, but uh, tip of my tongue, but I, um, I think there are studies that show that some of the happiest times of your life are in your seventies. I hope so. Cause I just turned 70, <laughs> but, but no, it's true. I think that, you know, that, 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 that this notion that there is a certain serenity, there's a certain sense of wisdom, a certain sense of perspective, a certain sense of appreciation and gratitude as you get older, that, you know, we should, we should lift these up 
you know, and recognize that, you know, we, okay, yes, we're, we're, we're heading toward the autumn of life. Yes. But the autumn is a beautiful season. Absolutely. And, and your points are very fair. The, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And right. uh, the human body is unbelievably resilient. Um, when you see, you know, like I, I'll use smoking example. My mom was a very heavy smoker, two packs a day for 40 years, and she made it to 65. That's a lot of smoking for 40 years. And you wow. still make it to 65, which we, we all agree is young, but you know, at the same time, you're also putting a lot of harmful chemicals into your body. So my point being is that the, the body can adapt quite quickly. And it's unbelievable where you see what are the, whether those those pictures or the, any studies and diagnosis that somebody quits smoking and within five years, their lungs look like, you know, that of a 20 year olds or a 30 year olds or whatever it might be that doesn't smoke. Um, and so you're absolutely right. That can be, a, there's, there's no better time than today to start improving yourself, whether that's physically, whether that's mentally, start reading again, go out and explore and, and see the world because you can't change what happened in the past. You can only change what's going to be happening in the future. And your, your point is very valid that your seventies, Ron, are going to be what you make of it, right? So right. if you're going to go out and you have two options, you can sit at home and sulk about something and waste waste your 70s, or you can go out and explore and live life. And you're that's that's an option only Ron can decide for himself. And same with every other person that's that's uh, listening to this. And you're going to have the best 70s you're ever going to have if you're willing to go out and have the best 70s that you want to have. And if you don't want to have the best 70s, you and only you are going to to be able to make that decision in a lot of circumstances. Right, right, right. Um, so, yes, the, the responsibility is absolutely up to you. Um, but just to bring it back to uh, NAIPC for a second, there are lots of people who can help you do that. You know, you don't. So in that sense, you're, you're, ultimate, you're ultimately alone, but there's a lot of people out there to help you. You know, there is a community. There are professionals. There are experts in lots of areas. So um, you need to be pro proactive and find them, too. Um, you don't need to be, do things alone. Uh, you know, you, you, you need to make decisions ultimately on, on your own behalf, but there are people who can help you do that. And I think that's another thing that, um, you know, that I've come to really learn as I've gotten older is that, you know, yes, you know, we are, you know, rugged American individuals. Um, but if you look at how much progress is made in this country, very little of it was done alone. It always involved a community of people. It involved, you know, a collaboration. It involved, um, uh, you know, dozens, often dozens of people. It's sort of a combination of things. And I think during my lifetime, I've seen, you know, a, a, a blend of two things. You know, growing up in the 50s and early 60s, what you saw was a post-war boom that was basically driven by technology. Um, and technology, you know, in a broad sense is about specialization. So you can get a, a long way by people developing increasing uh, levels of specialization and expertise in certain areas. At a certain time, however, you need another approach, and that's ecological, which is the understanding of relationships. And I think that started coming out you know, literally, you know, with, you know, the environmental movement. 
realizing that, uh, you know, we, you know, we're not humans are not the center of the universe. <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, we, we, we need a, a view that recognizing though, is that we're, we're part of nature, like it or not. So, um, a lot of life requires both tech, a technological and an ecological approach, you know, an appreciation of our relationships that make things work. Um, and I think, you know, for me, the perfect uh, example was at, you know, in the late 60s, landing, you know, landing on the moon, right? I mean, that was an enormous effort that required tremendous expertise in all sorts of specialization, specialized areas, but then a huge collaborative effort. To, to make it happen. And I think that's tr- so on a, obviously on a smaller scale that that's true about each of us individually. Like we we're, we're responsible for our own technology, but we're also, there are many people uh, ultimately being successful will require us to work with other people to support our, ourselves and support them. You know, it's, again, it's a collaborative thing. It's not just about who can help me. It's like, how do you, how do you engage in a community and, and be of service to others too? Well, that's a great segue into saying <laughs> that you can find all of our NAIPC resources on ageinplace.org, uh, regardless of what part of the country you're in. There's a directory search there. But if people wanted to get in touch with you directly, Ron, and if they want to add your podcast to their weekly podcast list, how would they do that? Sure. Well, it's pretty simple to get in touch with me. It's just Ron, R-O-N dot Roel, R-O-E-L at gmail.com probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Uh, and you can listen to the podcast. You can just go, uh, it's the Voice America Network. So you just uh, go to voiceamerica, one word, dot com and click on that. It's, so it's an internet radio show. It's not a broadcast. So you click on that and then you just search for 45 forward and click on that. And then you come to the show and you can listen to it live, uh, you know, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, 3 p.m. I'm sorry, 12 Pacific time. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 3, 3 p.m. Eastern time or, or listen to it as a podcast, which is what, what most people do. So you can click on, you know, it, it, uh, it streams it um, on Monday afternoons. Um, but, you know, once, once the show is recorded, then you can click on it anytime after that as a podcast. So, and I said, most people do it that way. And we nice. will, we will definitely put the, link to that in the show notes on the podcast and on YouTube. So people can just quickly go down there, click and uh, pick from the plethora of radio shows that you have. Great. Great. And they can find the past episode where Ryan and I were guests and we had Scott Fulton come on during that time too, as well. Scott, for those of you that don't know, is our chairman of the board for NAIPC. So thank you, Ron, for joining us today. This has been a great conversation and Ryan, it's good to, be talking to you again. We took a little bit of a break. So thanks guys for joining us today and um, we'll see you again soon. Well, it's a real pleasure, Tara. And so this is one thing I do appreciate technology because these sorts of things, you know, however much we lament not being face to face, they, they just, they do give us opportunities to have these sorts of conversations. So I really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for checking in with us. And we will catch you on the next one. Have a great day.